Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Oh, man, I'm uh, a little bit under the weather. My voice is a little jacked up. I don't know if it's just uh, being in your presence that's choking me up, my friend, or or if it's uh, this cold I've been having. But I have that effect on many people. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird, man. But yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's funny that you we, we're talking about that because... Today, I think we're, we've got a topic that a lot of men struggle with, and I think that uh, I'm, I'm really excited about being able to try to break this out for men. And, and the topic today is friendship, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I mean that, like I made the joke about choking up in your presence, but, you know, I think if people have been listening to this show long enough, they know, you know, they've maybe been able to pick up on the how close we are in, in our friendship and, and uh, you know, that we do a lot of things in our lives together and and that, you know, you are a, a true friend of mine, not 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 a friend of a convenience or not a, you know, we're not friends because you do this with me. I mean, we live a lot of the aspects of our right. lives together. You know, we yeah, we're actually walking together. I'm, I'm not the friend that has the boat. You that's know? right. Everyone right. wants to be the friend with the guy with the boat. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, you got a mind palace though, and I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying to rent a room in there. <laughs> you're doing, you're doing pretty good at building one yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. thank you. Thank you. I get lost in there sometimes, <laughs> but no, I, I think this is something that a lot of guys struggle with. You know, there's, we we talk all the time, and you see these 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 polls out there that are about loneliness, you know, and, and all of these different aspects that men deal with. They're the culture and the devil. They try to isolate us, you know. We're more vulnerable when we're by ourselves, and and a lot of guys just simply don't realize and take you know an account of of what friendship is in their life, and sure, yeah. if they have real friends. And for a long time in mine, I didn't understand what that meant. What is you know, I thought friendship was anybody that was hanging out with me. You know, anybody that would give me the time of day, anybody that you know, I worked with, and 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 that yes, those people can be your friends. But I've looked at that more as those are acquaintances, people you know. Mm-hmm. Like when you know, for instance, when we went to the study group last year and we did rise together, I didn't really know you that well. You know, I'd invited you to come to the group, you showed up, and all I knew is his name's Victor. He has two daughters. His wife's name's Christy, and he's a Cubs fan. You know, and that's it. Like, yeah. and most people see that and they go. Well, Victor's my friend. Like I know that Victor's Victor and I are friends. Not really, because you don't know the other guy. Like you know about them, but you mm-hmm. don't know them. It's it's almost the same thing we can do with Jesus in our lives too. You know, we oh I know Jesus, but do you know him? Like I mean, you know about him. You know what he did. You've read the history of Jesus, but do you know Jesus? Right, like, you, intimately. Yeah, you wanted the backstory of people really become a friend. Right. If you don't know their own struggles, where they've gone, where they come from. And what makes them who they are? Then you, again, you don't know who they are. You know, right. and you're not learning from anyone, so. right? And it's it, and we are we are so in today's culture, especially as men, where we build these walls up around us, and we don't we don't want necessarily let people in, especially other guys. I mean, we've all been there where you walk in a room full of men and you start like alpha dogging it, right? You look around and you're trying to see the. You know, I look for the food. That's what I do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. But I hear yeah yeah you, well yeah you. <clears throat> you make comparisons, and even though you know you're you're not noticeable that you're doing it, you make comparisons of well, this person is this way, and I might not get along with this person because their behavior is kind of way out front, and I'm yeah. kind of like introvert, but I could be you know extrovert when need to. 
Well, you make judgments too, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, I've done it. I've looked across the room. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna like that guy. And I've never even talked to him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just looking at him, you know, and you know, very judgmental. But the thing is, I think most most men don't grasp like the 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 depth of what God intended, what Jesus intended for us as men to be friends. Um, you know, I got a quote here. You know, I love JP too. We always seem to work him into these things. Say it, brother. But yeah, he, he yeah. says friendship, as he as has been said. Consist in a full commitment of the will to another person with a view to that person's good. And that's where we have to start with friendship is I have to start looking at these people that God has put in my life these and, and looking for these qualities, looking for their own, for their their good, the will of their family, their, everything in their life that I can, in my life, I can help to do to make their life better. Mm-hmm. You know, right now you and I share a, a pretty tight knit friend group, you know, with Nick and David Hall and. And, you know, a couple other people that we, that we're tight with. And, you know, I got to say for the most of my life, I didn't, I didn't know what that was. Like I, my life is better because you and those guys are in it and people, people can see that, you know, we, I gave that talk at Crescio or at school leaders a couple of weeks ago and people are still coming up and saying, I want what you guys have because the way we were carrying on with each other that night and what we said about each other, you know, to all of the four of us. Mm. And I, I think that, it's something that's missing in so many people's lives. And I've been, it's such a grace. You know, God wanted to give us this gift. Like I said, there's only so far you can go in your own holiness or on this path without having others to walk with you. You know, one of the, one of the verses that, you know, I wrote down, I was looking through the Bible about where's, where's some good uh, examples of friendship in the Bible. And the first one that came to mind was Jonathan and David, you know, and, and that really started up when David killed Goliath, right? You know, here's this kid and, and, you know, he goes out there and he's saying all these awesome things like, I'm going to smite this Philistine. A teenager, like right, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it was a slingshot and a rock and this nine-foot dude that's, you know, wearing 77 pounds of armor and all this stuff. And he goes out there and kills him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's already been anointed, obviously, as the next um, king. But um, Jonathan sees this guy. And Jonathan's got full right to the throne, right? He's the son of Saul. And, and, and you know, Saul didn't let David go home that day. He said he kept him with him from that point on. And Jonathan, where most of us would have said like, Hey, wait a minute. Like I know I saw what that guy did, but I, Hey, I'm next in line. Like I've been fighting people for years. I'm older. Uh, you know, this is my right. And no, after he heard David speak to King, to, to King Saul, um, he said, he actually said in the verse, by the time David finished speaking with Saul, Jonathan's life became bound up with David's life. He loved him as his very self. And in that moment, he took off all his armor and his weapons and he gave them to David and he basically said, I, I step out of the way for you. Like, I, I, you've inspired me. I want the best for you. God has chosen you. You know, I'm going to do nothing but try to make your life better. And it's, it's really amazing because right after that, it says Jonathan and David made a covenant mm-hmm. because Jonathan loved him as he loved his very self. That's what friendship is, is when we can start to really look at someone else in our life and say, it, it, other than our wife and our children, right? That's our primary, you know, source of where we're supposed to love and be examples. But when you find that other guy in your life or those other guys, and you say, you know, all I want is to make your life better. Right. You know, you make mine better. It's not about what you can do for me. You know, I, I'm not trying to get a job out of being your friend or, or you know, trying to meet somebody you know because you're my friend. None of that stuff. But just to say, look, all I want to do at the end of the day is know that I've somehow helped you because you have helped me. Like. My life wouldn't be in the place it is today without you and David and Nick in my life and and other guys. You know, Thursday night, 
couple nights ago, I was at the bowling alley where we go to Crescio. And I'd had a terrible week. Like, I don't know why. Ash Wednesday hit. I was jazzed up about that. And then halfway through the morning, dude, I felt like I get hit by a truck. Not sickness, but this just overwhelming doubt and worry. And why am I doing these things? Does this matter to anybody? Like, just that sick feeling you get in your chest when, when you feel like physically ill from something in your in your head. I mean, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't shake it. And I went to Curcio the other night, and Tom Dorian and Jim Marconi were there, two guys that are here in our diocese that I grew up with. And those guys sat there till 11 o'clock after everybody else left with me to let me talk, to, to, to listen to me, to to say, look, man, we, we, we're here for you. We know you got a lot going on, and we want to make sure that like whatever we can do to help you and we just want to listen to you and, and hear you and, and, and speak into you and affirm you and all of these things. And it meant the world to me, right? I mean, those two guys, they, I'm sure they had a million other things to do besides sit there. But I'm important in their life, and they're important in mine. They know that I would do the same thing for them if the roles were reversed. And that's what I, I want people to understand today is there's a difference between that person that you watch ball games with or you go play golf with or – you grab lunch with because he's in a cubicle next to you and it's easy. There's a difference in a deeper friendship that I think the Lord is wanting to call us all into. Right. What you're hitting on is the, the splitting of two what friendships can be, the categories. You have the the main category, which is you term it as you will, mm-hmm. authentic or ideal or whatever. And then you have the other side was beneficial to me, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you know, marketing sales that's both our background, right? So yeah. we work for a company, so we're gonna do what we can to make sure that our relationship with the vendor or whatever is secured mm-hmm. for the benefit of ourselves uh, and for our company, and and we get tied up in that in friendships as well. If we we're not careful, like what purpose can I do to serve myself? Like you said, to gain friendships for honor, prestige. I mean, and even Jesus really nailed the Pharisees on that. You know, mm-hmm. he even said a parable right in front of them. You know, it was uh, Luke sixteen nine through thirteen, like Sonus Stewart. You know. He was cheating the master. You know, he was selling kind of like, like uh, goods under the table and getting benefit from it himself. And then when he got caught, what he do? He said, "Well, you know, short my master so I can pull this money back, and that way I can influence the the debtors, and I can probably still live comfortably." Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said that's not the way to live. Obviously, he condemned that. Um, but you want to make sure that how are you securing friendships? Are you doing gifts for benefiting them? Or are you being honest with yourself and honest with them? Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure we, we know where, what camp we're in because right. we, can, we can easily venture over to a self-serving friendship and which will cause strife and harm to ourselves but to our family as well. No, you're absolutely right, and that's a great example of it. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it is. There's, our culture teaches us that, like, if we're not careful— and it's the same thing with, you know, guys that, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day who was engaged in pornography, and he said he doesn't understand what was wrong. It teaches you to use things, to use people, objectify. We've talked about that before. We can do that same thing with our friendships, right? This benefits me. Being a friend with you gets me this. Like, I will tolerate you as long as you continue to do this for me. That's not friendship. That is something completely different. It's, it's nowhere near it. And, you know, I'll tell you a story. You know, everybody... We've talked about it before. I was arrested for drugs and all that stuff, and I, I've touched on the time in jail, but there was a time where, obviously, I was very frightened. You know, I'd never been in trouble, never been in jail, and in this cell, and all these guys that have been here before screaming and hollering and all this just crazy stuff that you see in the movies, you know, going on. You know, guys fighting and just crazy stuff. 
and I'm sitting there going, how am I going to get out of here, right? And I go over to this. They, they say, you can make your phone call. And, and it's not like you see in the movies where a guy's on an old payphone. This thing's a box with a speaker hole in it, and you have to put your ear to it and then speak to it. And no one tells you how to dial out. Nobody, you know, I was asking the bailiff. They finally told me somewhat how to do it. But the guy, there was a guy in a cell right there, like right next to me. He could reach out and choke me if he wanted to, you know, from the, between the bars. But he hands me this empty toilet paper roll and says, put this to your ear and put it over the speaker. And that way you can at least hear and then dial out. So once I figured out how to dial out, all I had in my life at that time were the guys that were in my fraternity, you know, that I didn't even really hang out with anymore because I was married, had kids, and a lot of them were single. And, and you know, they were still doing all the old stuff that we were doing. But, um, you know, not necessarily the drugs, but just the, mm-hmm. you know, same lifestyle they had 10 years ago. And... I thought, well, I'm going to call these guys because I don't know if Angel's coming to get me. And one of these guys will come get me. One of them will post my bail. They know I've got money, pay them back, whatever. I called every person that I thought was my friend and no one answered the phone. And you know how those those phone calls go. You know, you say your name and, you know, Shelby County Correctional Facility, collect call. And then they heard my name. And by then, all of them knew that I'd been in trouble because there was another one of us that got in trouble too. And I knew that they just weren't answering the phone. That is the loneliest I think I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. When I'm going, I'm, there's no way out of here. And all these people that I thought were my friends aren't. Like, they don't. I, I, it, is, it is no longer convenient for them to be my friend. You know? And, and you know, there may be some of those guys listening. There's no hard feelings. And if I've spoken wrong, and don't take it that it's personally you. But this is just the way I felt. And I've got to be honest about it. You know, at that point in my life, the people that I thought were going to be there, the bonds, the fraternity stuff, the you know all this bravado, brothers for life, yeah, yeah, yeah. and nobody was there, mm-hmm. no one. It's because I, had, you know, I built my friendships on sand, you know, like that parable that Jesus talks about building your house on a solid foundation. All my friendships were built on sand. It was just as long as I could provide, you know, money to go out or buy drugs or drive because I was the one that wasn't afraid to, you know, I was a guy who thought I'd never get a DUI or something and. So I was always the one to do whatever it took to, for somebody to like me. Right. And and all that did was reap nothing in my life. Sure, I've got some fun memories, but I don't know those guys' kids. They don't know mine. I don't, you know, all this time I invested in something that's not there. And with you guys, the difference is, you know, you look at like David Hall. You know, last year he, you know, David and I met through the study group and, and we just budded this friendship. Like he... He saw something, and he'll t- he'd tell you this. He saw something in my life that was changing, and he wanted to know what that was, and he wanted to be a part of that. I mean, he'd tell you that himself. And and the guy sat there for six weeks or however long it was, five months, whatever it was, while I tried to prepare this talk to get up in front of a 1,000 guys, 800 guys, whatever it was, and speak, something I'd never done before. And he wasn't the one up there. He wasn't going to get the, the glory of everybody saying, wow, man, that was amazing, or whatever whatever was going to happen. He wasn't going to get any of that. But yet, every Sunday morning before church, he met me, and he said, talk in front of me. Work on your stuff. Let me critique it. I mean, he would come over all hours of the night. We'd write down things. We would. I mean, he just did it, and he had nothing to gain out of it. Nothing. He didn't ask for anything. To this day, he's never asked for anything because he loves me and he knows that I love him and that I would do the same thing for him tomorrow if, it, if the roles were reversed. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with you. You know, you've told me, John, whatever, I don't care. Like, I just want to be doing this stuff with you because, you know, we want to get to the same place. We're both trying to get our friends to ha- our, our family to heaven. We're trying to get as many people that want to go with us with us. 
And if you're going to allow me to be a part of that, I want to be a part of it. Right. And you've done that from the day from day one. You show up here, and you, a lot of times you don't know what we're going to talk about. You don't have any notes in front of you, and you're just like, I'm here, dude. Like, whatever you need. And and that's what friendship is 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 just showing up and taking the lumps with somebody when they when you're when they're you know, hey, you're going to hit him, hit me too. You know, to lay down our life for our friend. I mean, that's what Jesus tells us. You know, there is not a better example of how to be a friend on this earth than Jesus. And he says, no one has greater love than this to lay down one life, one's life for a friend. And, you know, we're so quickly to think, well, that means if, you know, Victor's walking down the street and the bus veers off course, I got to shove him out of the way and take one for the right. team. A typical movie scene. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. But what this means is like, I'm going to step out of myself and I'm going to make that person as important in my life is anybody is is my family is myself i'm going to get out of the way and just be a gift in this guy's right. life in all aspects to tr- because we're trying to get to the same place sure well i mean i've, I've had some similar where you know when i was in the hospital i was quite young and had a major back surgery and uh, my pledge brothers came and visited me which was you know almost eight hour drive and i really appreciated that um, and to this day, I, I appreciate the few people that did visit me, but I had like many, 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 many friends, um, who never really, you know, when you're sick and you're in a hospital and someone comes, takes time out of the day to come and just sit and talk with you, that is an, um, an amazing event in your life because you're going through pain and suffering and you're, wow, someone's actually came to visit me, you know, um, and I, I still remember Lee Elabash, Tom Jenkins. I mean, those guys I haven't spoke with in a long time and don't know I do this thing, but I say their name because I still remember that they took the time out to leave college and to come visit me in Pensacola, Florida, in a hospital room at Baptist Hospital. And um, it meant the world to me. And and that is, I think that is a true nature to where we, where Christ is trying to get us all to, you know think of others rather than yourself and when you think of others they'll think of you so your needs will be taken care of by somebody else mm-hmm. and and that's the thing we we compensate for each other if everyone's out there for themselves no one's going to receive any joy no one's mm-hmm. going to receive any blessings and and by authentic by being authentic with ourselves we open our hearts to be true to the person next to us and and taking care of each other is, is really I, th- I believe the whole mission and and uh, the teaching what Christ said, love mm-hmm. one another as I loved you. Wake up, yeah. you know. And th- you're right. Everything he did was, and thank you for sharing that about your friends. It's a beautiful story. And look, look at the look at the impact that had on you. Like I can tell right now, you you didn't like start crying or anything, but I can tell like you're yeah. you got it, it touched you. It meant something to you. And that's what we're. That's where the joy of being a, a Christian, a Catholic, a a follower of Jesus Christ comes from is making that impact in somebody else's life, caring enough to get out of your own self and to go be this for somebody. The world is so broken and there's so many people out there that the suicide rate and all these things is because these people people don't know that other people love them. You know, or they let themselves get to a place where they don't understand that. And it's because we're so focused on self and everything that's in front of us right now, me, what I gotta do, everything else. You know, Deacon Jeff's sitting here with us. He never says a word on the podcast. Or hey! Then it's, <laughs> then it's stellar, stellar opening, yeah. you know, that, that, what do you call it, the cloudy voice or the foggy voice or whatever. But the, Deacon Jeff shows up every week. It's not like the guy doesn't have anything to do. He's got nine kids. Like, that's yeah. enough by itself. Well, plus he, and he, then, he memorized every theological book in the Catholic that's Church. That's right. So, really, yeah. we're, he <laughs> looks right. at us today, shakes our head, the random stuff. That's right. Say, He's yeah. like, man, we're going to have to erase <laughs> yeah, all these heresies. Right. This is going to take an hour yeah. after this. 
Yeah, you think we know what we're doing on the show, but really, there's a lot of editing in Right, but, but <laughs> right. He, uh, we're actually both women. He deeps down our voice. That's right. <laughs> but uh, no, he, he shows up every week. Like he, he gets my annoying text of, hey, Deacon, I know I texted you like seven times already this week, and I'm hoping you haven't seen the first six, but do you think you might have time to... And he shows up here every week with, you know, teaching at St. Benedict. He's a chaplain out there as well. He's, you know, here at St. Louis as a deacon. He's, he's, you know, like I said, he's got the nine kids. He's always speaking and doing things for people. Yeah, he's a bowling coach. And yet he shows up to let these two schmucks talk on the microphone every, every week when it's not convenient for him, when it's, when it's, you know, out of his way. And and I'm so appreciative to him. I mean, I've told him that before and now I'm publicly admitting my love for Deacon Jeff on the air. But I just want to, and now he's making the money sign. So apparently we had a different friendship than what I thought. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, I work for a Catholic apostolate. There is no money. <laughs> but honestly, I just, those are the type things that when I look around my life, they make me want to be a better person. Right? I see, I see these things in Deacon Jeff or you or David or Nick. And I go, you know what? That guy, I just want to love like that guy. Or I want to be cognizant of other people's needs like that guy. Or I want to be a listener like that guy. And you see all these qualities, and then even not even on purpose, you start to take on those qualities. And I just I hope people can tell by the like I feel right now the, the passion I feel right now in this conversation is that like if you don't have that in your life, you got to start looking for it. And and the way you do it is is the things we've talked about on the show. You got to be open and vulnerable. You got to be humble. You got to look for the the things in these guys' lives, and not that you see somebody in your life that you're like I want that like. Something good and virtuous. I mean, not I want a car or I want money or I want, I mean, somebody that's following Christ in your life that you see. A lot of times we don't approach that because we're, we're intimidated by it or we're scared by it or we think, oh, that guy's got enough friends or no, like we've got it. We've got to take that leap and we've got to go to the people that we see in our lives like that and be open and say, look, my life isn't, isn't the best right now. And I don't know why. I don't know what's going on in my life, but I see something in you that I don't have. And I want that in my life. I need that in my life. And and I just want to know if you'll walk with me, right? And that's what we're truly talking about is finding those guys to get up against, like when your back's against the wall, you know you got three other people right there with you, you know, that, that'll that'll take the hits with you, that'll that'll be there for you when you find out things health-wise in your life. That, that you know, I know that if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, you would take my kids if, if, if that was the case. Like if you, I know that if I had written that, I said, Victor, you know, Angel's not here anymore for whatever reason, and, and this, you know, I, I'm battling cancer or whatever it is, and I don't have much time left. I know you would do whatever in your power to make sure that my children, sure. yeah. and, and I know that of David and of Nick, and, and you know, that's what I want so badly for people to understand is is God has this plan for you, and the plan, part of that plan is friendship. And he wants you to surround yourself with these people in your life that are going to get you to heaven, and they're going to get your kids to heaven, and you're going to help them get to heaven. And just this joy that doesn't, unfortunately, get cracked open in a lot of people's lives because we don't actively search for it. We don't know what it is. We, we, we keep everybody at a boundary, at a, at, a, at a safe space, but we've got to invite people into our lives. We've got to say, look, here I am and all of my brokenness and everything. There's, there's nothing in my life right now that you're not aware of, whether it's something good, something that made me happy, something that made me sad, something I'm not proud of. I mean... You know, I go to confess to a priest, but most of the time, you, Nick, David, who are, you know, the select few, Deacon Jeff, people in my life, they know what's going on with me. And it's such a comfort to be able to say, like, not only do they know, but they care. Yeah. You know, they care. Sure, yeah. 
I mean, and you, you were talking about something earlier too. And, um, I think the affection of what it is when you find that security in a friendship, I mean, for individuals who like say are new to an area, you know, like for me, I moved up here for grad school and then all of a sudden I met Christy and therefore boom, I'm, I'm official Memphian. Right. Mm -hmm. So all my friendships that were back home, you know, so I had to develop new friendships, but it was a slow process because, um, I kind of kind of tiptoed through stuff, you know, involvement with the school and uh, involvement with uh, people at work and stuff like that. But you always kind of kept a little boundary of self uh, secrecy, you know, and um, never was fully open until I came and walked in that day to the study group to where I mean, you, I talked about some things that uh, only my wife knew and I felt strange to share it, <clears throat> which to this day, I don't know why I did, but you know, it was, a, it was the pushing of the spirit, and and I'm so glad I did do that because the fear kept me from sharing some some things that happened to me in my life because it opened up and you received all y'all received it so well that I felt like wow I'm at a safe place and therefore those artificial boundaries that I had up for myself I put down into where I was open myself up to be authentic or true mm -hmm. uh, about who I am. And, and for those that are new to an area, I mean, we should tell them, I mean, like, if you're in Memphis, please consider us. But I mean, like, yeah. there's many other places, uh, pockets of amazing people that live in this world. Um, invest yourself in the church. You know, invest yourself into a program or organization that does something good for the world. And you'll find people that are like-minded. You know, because it's, it's so difficult, like you said, to go through this world lonely and trying to seek that, that holiness, but yet, I think Jesus came to, to to make sure that we had to be connected to other people to find what that really is of about continuing on to what uh, Christ-like life is. Because Christ wasn't by himself. Amen. He had the disciples. Amen. That's well yeah. said, my friend. <clears throat> and I, I like the plug for the Holy Rosary study group there yeah. at the end, too. That was nice. Um, you know, we're, we're getting here close to the end, and I just wanted to close out with this, the, you know, a verse from Sirach, because it really speaks to this. And it's, it's faithful friends are a sturdy shelter. Whoever finds one finds a treasure. Faithful friends are beyond price. No amount can balance their worth. I mean, it says it all right yeah. there. <clears throat> when you find a true friend in your life, there's nothing else like it. And I'm glad you're my friend. Are you for Klimt? I am for yeah. Klimt. I am. <laughs> but uh, why don't we go ahead and see if I can pray before my voice Let's blows out. <laughs> in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, friendship is one of the greatest gifts you've given us. Your Son showed us just how much it truly means when he laid down his life for us. Help us to actively seek friendship that will lead us towards virtue and holiness. And Father, let us approach those friendships with a vulnerable, humble, loving, and sacrificing heart. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.